Um, we've been talking about the mistake factor and that our mistakes do not define us. Who defines us? Jesus Christ defines us. When we become a believer in Christ, we become defined by him. He is our creator, not our mistakes, not our past. And someone made a real neat point this week. I brought some, uh, it was actually Peter and Phoebe Sozi were here this week. And I brought, there, there are missionaries from uh, Uganda, from Kampala, uh, Uganda. And they came in and they saw this on the wall and they said, you know what, that's the right place for it, is at the cross. That we take these things and that the Lord can handle them. He can wipe them out. He can wash them clean as though we never even did it. Washed white as snow. And I want you to know that what you have done in the past, what you are doing now, if you will give it to Christ, it does not define your, your future. Christ defines your future. So, learning to let go, learning to forgive yourself, learning to receive forgiveness and move on. It's time to move on. I want you to know that I know that you're going through something today. I know that you are. I am too, and I am so desperate for a move of God in my life. And he has paid the price. He loves us so much that he paid that price for what I'm going through today. It wasn't just what I was going through at five years old when I received Christ as my Lord and Savior. He did pay that price, but he, he paid the whole price for everything that I would face. So today, kind of on the heels of alcoholism, I want us to look at Noah. Um, I was telling one of my kids about Noah, and I, was, I wasn't even sharing. They were, uh, I shared a story about Noah, and they're like, the Noah and the ark, Noah? And I'm like, yeah, that Noah. And they said, I, we didn't even know that happened to him. Good, maybe you're in that same boat. But let's look at Noah. <laughs> hey. Before we get going too, I notice I brought, I got you snacks. Okay, you, you'll be able to kind of eat your snack as we enjoy. Don't eat it yet. If you've already ate it, great. You probably enjoyed it through the, through the testimony. But uh, I've got you a snack. But yeah, let's get in the boat with Noah. All right. Um, so Noah, we, I hope you know the story of Noah. He has basically saved his nation God saved the nation through the family of Noah. All the animals, he built a boat, rain came, wiped out everyone but Noah and his family and the animals on the boat, right? If you don't know that, go back and read it in Genesis. It is an awesome story, uh, awesome testament. So, but he gets off the boat and it was so neat to read a couple different translations because one of them said that once he'd gotten off the boat, that due to his husbandry. Now, what I read that into is that he's a husband, he's off the boat, now he's got to get a job. <laughs> Noah needs a job, and nobody's hiring. <laughs> nobody's there. So, what are we going to do? We got to put food on the table, right? And I can't go kill all these animals because they can't produce, right? We got to let them get out and produce, right? Man, are y'all with me or not? Okay, all right, now come on, go with me. He gets off the boat and he's like, man, that was awesome, but I got to get a job. 
So he gets a job. He decides, I'm going to become a farmer. He goes and plants a vineyard. Vineyard grows. And he goes and drinks the harvest. It's in there. Let's read it. Uh, Genesis chapter 9, verse 18. Genesis chapter 9, verse 18. Let's have some fun today, church. Now the sons of Noah went out, who went out of the ark, were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And Ham was the father of Canaan. It's important that you realize Ham was the father of Canaan. It's like just this obscure little note in the midst of this story. We're not going to really go into that, but it's still pretty interesting. There were three sons of Noah, and from these the whole earth was populated. Verse 20. And Noah began to be a farmer, and he planted a vineyard. Then he drank of the wine and was drunk and became uncovered in his tent. And Ham, here it is again, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. Verse 23. But Shem and Japheth took a garment, laid it on both of their shoulders, laid it on both their shoulders, and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father. Their faces were turned away, and they did not see their father's nakedness. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we just ask you, Holy Spirit, just to show us. Show us. Show us you. We are desperate for you. We have come into this place to acknowledge that you are our God. We've come into this place to be filled by your spirit. We've come into this place to be changed by you. Now, Lord, I just ask that the word of the Lord would just come forth in this place today. And that those that are needing a word, the word that they are needing, that they will hear. Thank you, Lord. Let let those with ears to hear, hear. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So, Noah... After saving the world, right, planted a vineyard, got drunk, took off all his clothes, and passed out. Can anybody relate? (laughs) I know you can. I can. We have a past. We got stuff in our past that we're kind of still dragging along. Well, here's Noah, saved the world, rainbow came out, promise, thunder, lightning, people dying, Noah living, gets off the boat, plants a vineyard, drinks the harvest, takes off all his clothes, and passes out. Here comes Ham, father of Canaan. Ham walks in, the, walks in his room, in his private room, comes out, God, you got to see what I just saw. You're not going to believe what I just saw. Here, wait just a minute. Hashtag naked man. (laughs) This has got to go out. Facebook, oh my gosh, my dad has just done this. Snapchat, uh, look at him drawing pictures, putting mustaches on his face. Is Is that what happens? Anybody ever had that happen to them? You do something dumb and it gets posted all over everything? Well, Ham did it. Ham shouted it to the world. Now, the world was all right there just outside the boat. (laughs) But he shouted it to the whole world. What did the other two brothers do? 
they went and they backed in, took some love covers and covered him and went out. Didn't talk about it. He covered him. That's what I believe with Nancy. These ladies that were praying for her did not uncover her, but prayed for her and covered her. Covered her with the power of God. She didn't know how it was going to come. She didn't even know it was coming. Noah didn't know it was coming. He was passed out. Noah, the man who saved the entire earth. Now, he did it through God. But Noah, who knew God, messed up and is laying there in sin, had made a terrible mistake, has one son uncover him, the other sons didn't see it, didn't look at it, they overlooked it, they covered it. If you read the remainder of the scripture, you're going to see that Ham, the one who did all the uncovering and the gossiping, Ham's son, Canaan, was cursed. That's why it was important that as we read, they identified that Ham, out of these mistakes, came this curse upon his son, Canaan, and ultimately, the Canaanites. It was bad. It's so easy that when we see someone fall, to go out here and report it to everybody. Man, I got a nugget. Wait until you hear this. Over by the water cooler, getting your hair done, whatever. Listen to what I saw happen. And we uncover. We go and yak, 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 and we spread the dirt. And I want you to know it's wrong. It's wrong. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. It's kind of the key scripture for today. Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. Y'all got your piece of candy? I love these, by the way. And if you don't know, I don't know if it's written on here. This is a, anybody know what this is? If you look at the bulletin, the name of my sermon today is Chocolate Covered Cherry. And if you don't like them, give it to somebody that does like it. But you know what? If you didn't know any better, you'd never know there's a cherry in there. It's completely covered by greatness. <laughs> now, I love cherries. Some people don't. I love them. Mmm. Heaven. You might come back to church. We get snacks. <laughs> You're welcome. Mm. Today I want you to remember one thing. Everybody say chocolate covered cherries. When you get another chocolate-covered cherry, we think love-covered mistakes. I hope from now on that when you see one of these, that it will engage your brain to remember love covers mistakes. Love doesn't uncover mistakes. Love covers mistakes.
if you're a part of uncovering, that's the opposite of love. And I want you to know God is love. And a godly approach to someone's mistakes is to cover them. Now, let me talk just for a minute about covering them. It says in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 12, hatred stirs up trouble, but love overlooks the wrongs others do. Now, so many times, the very thing that makes loving others challenging to you is the fact of their weakness, is the fact that they have a weakness. And the Bible says to overlook, what you have to do is to overlook sin, cover those sins, not pretend that they don't exist, not condone those sins. We're not saying those sins are okay. We're covering them. Do you see the difference? We're not pretending that they don't exist. But seen in context, we have to love others in spite of their faults and their failures. You have to love them and not be judgmental. Not turn your back on them just because they do or say stupid things and because they don't always act the way that you think that they should act. So the big question today from God's word is how do we do it? How do we genuinely cover someone's sin or someone's mistake in spite of the fact that they do or say things wrong? Remember, chocolate-covered cherries, love-covered mistakes. It's essential that we learn to look beyond the faults and mistakes of others because we have to do this to work as a team, especially in marriage. In order to have a successful marriage, you have to learn to overlook their faults. Your spouse has faults. Everybody say amen. amen. Right, I agree. They do. They are not Jesus Christ. Never will be. So, how do we cover the faults and the mistakes of others? One basic uh, point. That we accept others in spite of of their weakness. Acceptance and approval are two different things. Approval is what we do. Acceptance is who we are. I'm not saying that you approve in the mistake, in the sin. No. I would not approve in getting drunk and getting naked period. Right? I don't approve of any of the issues right here. And you know what's funny is I've done a lot. I'm not asking you to approve what the person next to you is doing. Just the opposite. We help somebody. We help them overcome. Approval is based on what we do. Acceptance is based on who we are. Look, at the, look how the Bible shows, shares this concept. Romans 14.1. Accept into your group someone who is weak in faith and do not argue about opinions. If we look at the message, the exact same scripture, message uh, Romans 14.1. It says, welcome with open arms fellow believers who don't see things the way that you do. And don't jump all over them every time they do or say something you don't agree with. 
even when it seems that they are, are strong on opinions, but weak in the faith department. Remember, they have their own history to deal with. Treat them gently. I think this is a great scripture, a great word for you today for the Thanksgiving season coming. How many of you know your families do not necessarily share the same opinions you share? Accept them. We're not condoning or supporting their opinion, but we're going to accept them. Not their opinion, them. We're going to love them. One of the funniest things that ever happened to me when I would go to my dad's side of the family is one time my parents had told me, do not talk about politics to someone. So like a fool, (laughs) I just decide I'm going to bring it up. Oh my gosh. I I think by the time I left two or three hours later, it was still being shouted about. I'm not going to say which side. I mean, you all have families. We've just come out of an election. Man, I can't stand it. But I thought, I'm going to do this. And, you know, eventually I thought, well, there was some wisdom in my parents to know not to say it. (laughs) But I'm going to bring it up. And, man, it was a three-ring circus. Accept others. When you accept someone, it doesn't mean you're agreeing with them on everything. It doesn't mean that you approve of everything that they do. You just treat them gently. You don't try to beat them into accepting your view either. That's the problem. Do you see the irony? The reason we jump all over people who don't agree with us is because we desire their approval. Again, this ability to love, to to put love covers on people is not based on them, it's based on us. And something, some real freeing thing for you, I believe, to grab hold of today is that everyone doesn't have to accept, doesn't have to agree with you. You'll never hit that point. I will tell you, even from my preaching, I will sometimes stir you up and you will not agree with what I say. It's going to happen. That doesn't mean you can't accept me. That doesn't mean that you can't worship here. But every now and then something will come up that will rub you wrong. I was raised in a different way than you were raised. I see things through different lenses than you see them. So even if we talk about something as big as Republican and Democrat, we're going to see things differently. Even as small as skim milk versus 2% milk. What kind of bread you eat. I'm sure we could get in a fight over that. I've seen dumber fights. <laughs> Haven't you? And it's all over whether you're going to be accepted or whether you're going to accept someone else. It's dumb. You feel more comfortable with people when they agree with you because in your mind, they approve of you. You need to get out of the approval mode and get into the acceptance mode. You need to accept others and let others accept you based on who you are, not based on what you do. Let me show you something from the approval junkies of Christ's day, the Pharisees. 
John chapter 12, verse 43, it says, They loved the approval of men rather than the approval of God. Do you know that the approval of men is idolatry? Seeking man's approval is idolatry. When it comes to approval, we should desire the approval of God. What does God approve of? And God, I'm going to line up with your approval and let you deal with the other issues. My part is to line up with you. And the only way to get that approval is in Christ. There is no other way. But when I am in Christ, I am approved of the king, by the king. In Christ. Once you have Christ's approval by making a faith commitment to him, then I am able to accept people based on who they are in Christ. Who they are, how Christ sees them, not how I see them. I am able to accept people because Christ accepted me. I can accept you because Christ accepted me. Not because you deserve it, but because God, God extends his grace to you. Because you are created in his image. And now you are free to extend that same grace. How many here needs grace? Praise God, God did not wait for us to be clean before he would accept us. And I would encourage you, as we are striving to walk this out in Christ, that you receive people before they get right with you. That you accept people, that you love people before they get right. You learn to do it now while they're kind of already off track. Then when you get to running with them and things are going good and they go back off the track, you'll remember, I can still accept this person and love this person. Think about how many times you've gone off track and your spouse or your parents or your close friends have accepted you. So why not give that same grace? You need mercy, give mercy. Scripture, he says, if you'll give mercy, you'll receive mercy. I heard it once say that when God saw you, it was love at first sight. And you know that's true. God loves you, and therefore you can love others. God loves you in spite of the fact that you don't always do and say the right things. And you can love others in spite of the fact that they don't do and say the right things. The world's idea to love others, to love, to love others, is when they meet our approval. God's expression of love is to love others because they are inherently valuable. To learn to see one another through the eyes of God. That you are valuable. You are precious. 
that you, Christ died for you, not just for me. It's easy to walk around and say, you guys should all accept me because Christ died for me. No, just the opposite. I should accept you because Christ died for you. I can accept you. You can come up here and we can pray together and we can completely disagree. And I can love on you and accept you. I'm not necessarily agreeing with you. How many of you have fought with your family members but you can't agree and you wind up breaking relationship? You don't have to. Relationship doesn't have to break because you disagree. If that's the case, every relationship is doomed. Everyone. I wish I could say that Elizabeth and I agree on everything. We don't. At all. We are two very opposite people that see things from two completely different perspectives. But we choose to accept one another and to respect each other, to hear each other out. And if we can not agree, then we don't. But we try to agree. On the big stuff, we try very hard to agree. And it's work. You know, Scripture says, bearing with one another. You have to bear with anybody? Just look to your right and to your left. Get to know them. You'll have to bear with them. Right? Do you not think Christ has bared with you? Way more than I've had to bear with him. Romans chapter 15, verse 7. It says, therefore accept one another, even as Christ also accepted you to the glory of God. Thank God he didn't wait for us to be right before he accepted us. And you don't have to wait for others to be perfect to accept them. And you don't have to be perfect to be accepted by others. If we don't accept others based on what they do, then we are missing the boat. Don't miss the boat. Don't don't miss the boat. We need to walk around with love covers. You ever had a child that had a blankie? You may still have yours. It's okay. I'm going to accept you anyway. (laughs) Love covers. It's kind of a play on words. Walking around with a blankie ready to cover somebody. I see that big mess you're in. Let me help you cover that up. And now what can I do to help you? I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. Can you make a commitment this week to cover someone? You won't have to look, look, look far. You can probably look next to you to cover someone. Amen? Amen? Amen. We all stand up with me and let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for the word of the testimony today. Lord, I thank you that you took an alcoholic. And Lord, you have completely redeemed Nancy. And Nancy is doing so much for the kingdom of God. She is doing so much for our community. 
She is having such incredible impact. I want you to know that that same power is for you. You may be here completely stumbling around, not knowing where to go, not knowing how to get free. I want you to know how to get free. It's in Jesus Christ. He is the only way. Would you today make that commitment to Christ, if that's for the first time, to just say, Lord, I know I've tried every different way that I could do this, but no way works. Lord God, I hear that the pastor's saying that Jesus is the way. Lord God, I just ask you to save me. Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my mistakes. Forgive me of my sins. I don't want to stay there any longer. And Lord, I just ask you to free me of this bondage of pain, this, these chains of addiction, this being held down into my sin that I feel like I can't get free of. Save me, Jesus. Would you do that today? It says that all that call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Would you call on him today? If you're struggling today with, a, with an addiction, with some type of mistake that you can't get free of, we want to pray with you today. Don't leave here with that. Don't take it back with you. Bring it to the cross. Let's bring it to Christ and let him have it. Maybe you need prayer for your health. Maybe you need prayer for your finances or for your marriage. Don't leave here without asking for help. Ask for help. We here at Church on the Hill want to cover, want to love on you, and want to pray with you. Would you let us do that today? Those that are praying, come on down. We just open this altar up. And I want you to know that down here, it is, it is an altar of love. It's not an altar of guilt or condemnation. This altar of the Lord is an altar of freedom. Would you step out this morning as we sing?